the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. This fall is shaping up to be an incredible time to be a sports fan, and there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic. Home to incredible storytellers, relentless reporters, and insightful analysts. The Athletic delivers everything you need on every sport and every sports story that matters. Download the app, follow your favorite teams and leagues, and get a personalized feed of ad-free content you cannot find anywhere else. Get it all. Visit theathletic.com slash spottrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off your first year subscription today. My name is Mike Giannetti. Happy Sunday evening, East Coast time here in the middle of Dallas v. Rams in a $5 billion stadium, which looks every bit as unbelievable as it's been advertised so uh, kudos to them. Hopefully the, the LA taxpayers didn't have to take too much of that on themselves. I don't know the semantics, but I have seen some of the designs and some of the amenities inside of that thing from afar, and it looks ridiculous. So football is in good in good hands, that's for darn sure. <clears throat> Five billion, by the way, what the Dallas Cowboys are worth, according to Forbes this year. So yikes, the numbers, they're everywhere. Speaking of which... I'm going to rip, rip through a couple of these extensions that happened in terms of the, uh, you know, the contract details and where it all ranks, and then bring in Scott Allen on the Hit Parade Hotline. We'll talk some NBA and uh, some overreactions to week one, of course. Jimmy Garoppolo, the Bears, and uh, some of these running backs as well, how they might have uh, impacted their teams early on here in the 2020 season. Let's get started. Alvin Kamara, we knew it was coming. We joked about a nice trade with the Patriots. Obviously, that was never going to be in the cards this late in the game, but the Saints made it work. Uh, you know, up against the cap, they've restructured two, three players now and uh, have extended a couple of players for cap purposes as well. Kamara being the benefactor of that. It sounds like from a base perspective, it's $14.5 million a year over the next five. He's got some incentives that get that up to upwards of, of $75 million or $15 million a year. Gets about a $15 million signing bonus. Good chunk of change for a guy who's making two two million basically, and uh, look, the the pay structure looks really good on this one. I mean, it sounds like he's going to make thirty forty million dollars pretty easily. It's it's structured similar to Zeke Elliott, who got fifteen million a year base and uh, some incentives to raise that a little more. So you know, Zeke's going to make his forty five million dollars, and then he'll be on options from there out. But it, it appears Kamara maybe have slid just underneath that in terms of the cash payroll. But this is a this is a, a Saints team that just didn't have the cap space to make it work, and I'm using air quotes because of course they made it work. It's it's all about how much do we love the player. They found a way. It was down to the deadlines, deadline spur actions, and here we are. So that's the big one that fell, and then really simultaneously, of course, Delvin Cook falls at at sixty three million dollars. Sounds like sixty two and a half base <clears throat> with some incentives, probably for Pro Bowl or All Pro things like that, but. The Vikings keep their man, uh, something we saw also saw was coming. This one I didn't expect to be as long-term, although I have not seen the structure just yet. I should have that in the, in the next couple of days here. <clears throat> I imagine this one is no more than two years. We saw the guarantees are about $28 million. So it's really just a little bit higher version of Derrick Henry's deal, which is four years on paper, but two for 20, 22 and a half really over the next two years. So uh, you know, Dalvin will get his $14 million over the next two. It sounds like it'll be options after that in terms of how things are structured, but good enough. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the chance that he has to play out year three, year four, even year five on this thing. 
is good for Minnesota and good for Delvin Cook because this is what you want. You want the, the running backs to have the opportunity to get paid. Certainly, it's got to be the right fit in terms of the team building, the structure, the window that the team might be in. You know, is there a high-paid quarterback on that roster already? All those kind of things. <laughs> it's all doable. They can certainly make it all work. But, you know, you don't want to get yourself in a situation where your dead cap structure is so bogged down that, you know, any kind of lapse in, in production on the roster is impossible to get out of, and it really affects how you contend in any given year. So good for Minnesota. They have made quite a, uh, a splash at keeping their own players there with extensions. It's been really neat to see. Certainly they made a move on Stefan Diggs to Buffalo this year to sort of offload one of those pieces, but, uh, and they did immediately replace it with a first round pick, uh, wide receiver pick to replace Stefan Diggs. So you can understand how they're doing this. This is really plug and play. And Delvin Cook was a part of that next two, three years, and he's financially paid accordingly. Joe Mixon, we talked about a little bit at $12 million a year. Again, two-year structure in terms of guarantee. <clears throat> Nothing really more than that on the table. And it sounds like Cooper Cups is about the same. Three years, $48 million. That $16 million mark is about where we had him. Um, and that's been the case with many of these projections. We've, uh, we've been flatline you know, projecting these contracts based on just the, the two-year production and how things are looking across the league positionally as well. You know, Watson came in about five million under Mahomes. That's that's about where he lived. We had Kamara at about fourteen point seven million. He falls in in between there in terms of the base value. Uh, Dalvin Cook was around the twelve point six million dollar range. He falls right there as well. So it's a fair market contracts happening late in the game here, and you can understand why with a salary cap that's certainly going to drop in twenty twenty one. Teams are just trying to get players locked in. They want these cores intact. And fair market appears to be enough to get it done. It's really how it works. So uh, good for Cooper Cup. Good for Alvin Kamara. Jalen Ramsey's contract is a whole different con- different story here. Um, you know, and unfortunately, Tredavious White is sort of the uh, <clears throat> the negative benefactor to this because Tredavious does a nice deal at seventeen point one million. You know, which was half a million or so ahead of where. Byron Jones and Darius Slay had taken the the cornerback market. And then Jalen Ramsey, and really it's all about what the Rams had to give up to get him in the door, right? I mean, you're talking about multiple firsts, players, picks, things like that. When the trade compensation was as high as it was, you knew that the contract was going to have to follow suit. We saw it in Houston with Laramie Tunzel, who Houston gave up a ton to get him out of Miami. He did his own deal, and it's $22.5 million for, for, or excuse me, $22 million per year for a, a left tackle. So, you knew the same was going to be the case for Jalen Ramsey and that cornerback market was going to get reset at some point. I just assumed it would be at $18 million and, uh, you know, a nice sizable increase up from what Tredavious White signed with the Bills. Jalen Ramsey said, hold my beer. Here's $21 million a year. And the guarantees are very good. It's a four-year contract pretty much uh, without him having to do much about it. So good for him. The structure is on spotrack.com right now. Check that out and check out the Rams cap situation, which is quite an interesting discussion in its own. We'll probably have to have a Rams discussion out there with Jordan Rodriguez, who uh, works for the athletic, who really kind of dives into this stuff as well and has been all over these contracts, especially the Cooper cup one this past couple of days. But she saw these things coming. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago on her show and uh, we'll have to find some time to break down the future financial situation for the Rams as it, <laughs> as it might need, especially if Jared Goff, you know, doesn't take that next step forward and sort of regresses to some degree. Speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to get into it a little bit with Scott, talk some Trubisky, talk some Garoppolo, some Aaron Rodgers and his bounce back to start start the 2020 season, of course, and some of the rookies who got involved as well. 
bring in Scott now to talk a little basketball and a little football. All right, if you've been listening to this show for the past few weeks, you've been hearing about Hip Parade at dacardworld.com. I am on their Instagram and Twitter feed right now because I follow it religiously because I'm a huge nerd. As many of you out there are, I'm sure. Just in the past two days, a Drew Locke autograph rookie card and a Patrick Mahomes autograph rookie card. Super, super, super limited edition as well. So this is not small stuff they're, they're throwing out here, guys. They are loading these hip parade boxes up with great memorabilia, giving you a chance, really a great chance to win something awesome. I mean, all the names I'm scrolling down here on these socials are outstanding. We're seeing Luka Doncic autographed jerseys. Anthony Davis, all these NBA playoff. Of course, Giannis is in here as well. NHL as well. It's all sports. It's all major names. Only one, only one place to get it. DACardworld.com, your Hip Parade mystery memorabilia box. And joining us on the Hip Parade hotline, Scott Allen. Scott, welcome back to the show. It is... I've got two things for you today. We'll keep it short and sweet, hopefully. Hopefully not too many tangents. Number one, I want to talk Giannis and Harden. Real quick. Because I don't want to overreact, but, uh, you know, they're in the news, obviously, with, with the early exits again. Um, and with that, we have to speculate. It's just it's the nature of these big contracts, the the NBA that we're in, this player empowerment NBA, where these guys, if they want out, they're going to go. So let's start with Giannis, I guess. I mean, he unfollows them, on, you know, Milwaukee on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it was. He's got to have a meeting with them to patch that up. I don't care about any of that minutiae, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, uh, although right. you, know, you, you, you kind of have to read those tea leaves because there really is no hiding right now from this stuff. I mean, that kind of stuff with Antonio Brown and, and those kind of players led to exactly what we thought was going to happen. So, so we're here, we're speculating, but from a contractual situation, what's the most likely scenario for Giannis? Is he signing this Supermax no matter what? Or is it better for him to get out before that happens? Mm, that, that, that's a great question. I guess it's more, more of what he wants to do. Does he feel like he's sort of reached his ceiling in Milwaukee where he's going to need to leave sort of like Kevin Durant did? Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's going to come down to him. I, I don't feel like, Scott, it feels like Kevin Love in Minnesota where you had two really unbelievable years and you didn't really know how to quantify it. You know what I mean? Like Giannis isn't a player we can compare to anybody else. He's not Kevin Durant, even though he has some of those qualities. He's not a true center, even, you know, Anthony Davis, even though he has those qualities. That was Kevin Love sort of in a nutshell. And and the concern we had with Kevin Love was, are his stats bloated because he's on a bad team and he's the dominant <laughs> stat producer? Is there any right. is there any concern for Giannis in that regard? What if Anthony, What if Giannis lines up with Chris Paul? Right. I, I think that, mm-hmm. by the way, I think that's a likely possibility here. But, uh, you know, is Giannis still Giannis with a, with a legit superstar? It's clear he needs a one B clearly. But does that happen in Milwaukee or is he getting out now or is he signing trading out of here? What's the what's the game? plan? What do you think? Well, being ha- having a one B, I think Milwaukee I mean, they paid Chris Middleton to be that piece. I mean, he's making he's not thirty point six right now, but he is not. He's a good number three. He's a good number three. I I agree. If you could get Chris Paul in there, yeah, Chris Paul with uh, Giannis would be uh, a heck of a tandem there. Uh, I 
I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. It's going to be more of what Giannis is feeling. Does he feel like he needs to move on or does he feel like Milwaukee took a chance on him, drafted him, you know, what was he? 15th, I believe. Uh, And let's see. Yeah, he was 15th overall in 2013. So they took a chance on him at that point. And does he feel that he needs to stay there because of that? Or does he want to spread his wings and try something else somewhere else? And, you know, if he does that, it would most likely have to be some sort of sign and trade because of the unknowns with the cap at that point um, in 2021 offseason. But... I, I cannot speculate what he's going to want to do. Contractually speaking, though, you don't, you don't think there's a, there's a better answer than another? I mean, is well, there, let me ask you this. Is there a trade restriction once you sign that Supermax? There is. To what degree? I mean, is it, is it going to be months or, or a full year before um, you can be I, traded after that? A full year. All right. So, that, I mean, that's something. But, <laughs> that's but something. It, it, what? Uh, from from indications, it, it would be approximately uh, like eighty million dollars that he would essentially leave on the table if he decided not to sign with M- Milwaukee at the supermax and would go to another team in free agency in twenty twenty one. And and obviously that's soft because we don't know where the cap is going to be and how much that is going to generate down that line. But we're talking a significant amount of money. But if money doesn't matter to him at this point that in championships do, then it might be worth moving out of Milwaukee, but Milwaukee could on the flip side, facilitate some trades, um, and bring in a one B and maybe, a a a two a, and, and bring in those players that are going to get Milwaukee over the hump. I mean, we're seeing Milwaukee is built for the regular season. They are not built for the playoffs. Like we're seeing Boston and and Miami Miami, right now. Yeah, right. And, and that's why we sort of talked about Miami uh, a couple episodes ago being that dark horse because they are that they're scrappy they're they're they'll take the punches in the face and they'll come back at you even harder and they're deep and they've got young guys that are able to fill in Milwaukee we saw in this series that they they weren't able to compete at, at that level they just they didn't look the same um, and I think I saw, I'd have to go back and look, but I think they had won the same amount of games as um, uh, a lower team. They, they really didn't show up in the bubble itself. Um, so, you know, they weren't they weren't the same team that they were when the regular to season me it's, was it's easy as they just don't have a killer instinct right now at all. I mean, they don't. Th- right. There's a gear that Miami has shown that we all kind of suspected they had. And Jimmy Butler's kind of the perfect, you know, the perfect resume for that. I mean, he, he turns it on and off kind of at will. And when he does, it's infectious. And that's what's happening with these young kids in Miami. So that's sort of the quick transition I want to make. I'm looking at, at you know, the mock drafts and the big boards for this NBA draft upcoming here in what, mid-November now. The top three players on the big board, Scott, are point guards. You know, starting with LaMelo Ball. Is it a situation where Milwaukee just forfeits the future? 
to go and get one of these stud point guards in a cost controlled situation that, you know, like a Tyler hero, something that somebody that, that's going to contribute Im- immediately to this roster and fill an immediate need, you know, a, a ball handler who can score some points, who can obviously make some free throws that can take the ball out of Middleton's hands, out of Giannis's hands behind the three point line, of course. But I'm looking at the free agent list and it's a lot of guys that lack that that winning experience and that killer instinct, in my opinion. And, and, and I'm being brutally honest with that. You know, you want to go get a, get a Chris Paul. That's fine. But you're probably you're probably forfeiting the same compensation that you would to go up in the draft right now. And oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure Minnesota wants out <laughs> of that first <laughs> round pick. Right. I don't think they love being there right now. So I, I guess it's an option. It's a big option because they'd be going 20 spots up to get a player like that. But from a from a contractual standpoint, if I'm going to give up four draft picks, do you want to do that and then pay 35 million a year? Or do you want to do that and pay cost control for four years? I, I can see the benefit of doing that. The problem is if that player is a miss, Giannis is gone <laughs> because right. this is it. I mean, does he have to sign it this summer or this no. free agent period? No, he doesn't have to sign it this summer, but by not signing it this summer, it just puts him as a free agent. And then he could still sign that Supermax with Milwaukee when he's a free agent. Yeah. But there's the likelihood that he could go somewhere else as well. So whereas locking him up now, what did Kemba Walker do, Scott? Because Kemba was in this boat, was in a Supermax boat with Charlotte. He must have taken less in order to, to, to offer to provide a, an immediate sign and trade to Boston. Is that the deal that happened? He took a little bit less than a max contract to get out of there. Or did he take a normal uh, 30% max? I believe he was a regular max, but it's just four years because he's signing as a free agent. Yeah, oh. he was at he was at 30% of the cap, but because he's a free agent, he can only do four years. Whereas Giannis, if he stayed okay. or if, Kemba would have stayed in Charlotte. He could have gone for that fifth. So year. that's the stipulation. If it's going to be a sign Correct. and trade, you got to knock that last year off and make it as if it's a free agent signing. But, but the receiving, you know, the losing team still gets compens- compensated sometimes handsomely. It happened with Brogdon, right? I, yeah, I believe Milwaukee has that Indiana pick this year, which is one of the reasons I'm saying they've got some ammo to go up there and and get a, a higher draft pick if they if they feel as just. I, and I think it's got to be a possibility. I really, really do. Uh, there's no question that point guard situation needs to be addressed and the Brogdon absence is leaving a hole. I I just don't know if anything we're saying right now is enough for Giannis because we're in a situation right now where the Lakers are probably going to the finals as expected and it's happening because you put a superstar with a younger superstar and it was immediately impactful immediately. I mean, Mm -hmm. in February, that was easily the best team in basketball and it was because Anthony Davis and LeBron were playing you know, they were the best one-two punch in, in the league. So that's kind of coming back into into fruition at, you know, at the right time for the Lakers. So if that really works and we see them hoisting that trophy, how does Giannis look away from that? You know, now I'm not sure what the perfect situation is going to be, you know, that perfect one, two punch, but he will, he'll go find it. He may, he may already have been colluding for it in the bubble here for all <laughs> we know, but yeah, right. That that's why this speculation matters because what they do in the next two months is everything. Because you have, if I'm Milwaukee, knowing his situation is the most important thing ever, ever. Because if they're wishy-washy, if this is a Bryce Harper situation, right, with the Nationals, where they had absolutely no clue where they stood 
entering that final year of, of arbitration and they eventually lost them for nothing. Um, you can't make a move. Like you can't go up and get Lamella ball right now and then have Giannis leave six months later. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. So, right. so it's really important right now that everybody gets on the same page. And if Giannis, I think, is even considering out, what do you do? I've heard really smart people say, you just don't care. You let him play for you as long as he'll play, he, he has to play for you, and then you just let it ride. If you, if you, get, him, if you get nothing for him, who cares? We, we've talked about this. There's obviously... Okay, so that's fine, right? That's fine, except... You're doing that to get butts and seats, right? You're doing that to load up your arena so that people come and watch Giannis for as long as they can in the Milwaukee uniform. Well, if you can't have fans in the arena, then what are you doing that for? To get primetime games? Which you're not <laughs> right. getting in the regular season anyway, to be honest. It's just not happening. So uh, I, I, I think there's a very logical chance that Giannis is just out right now before any of this even, even happens. Is that fair to say? that Milwaukee's going to oh. assess the situation like this week and then start feeling out other teams. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment yeah. and you know, they should because if they can if they can fetch four first rounders in a in a player or mm-hmm. whatever because there's going to have to be the matching uh to be honest, now would be the time to do that because he his salary for next season is 27 and a half. You're going to be able to find more players that you can either uh, one player or two players together to match to for uh, to make that trade happen. And if you throw in three, four first round picks, sort of like Los Angeles did with the, the, the Paul George, then yeah, you have to look at that because they drafted Giannis low in 15, still lottery pick, but 15th and, and, if you can get back draft picks that will you can rebuild your franchise yep. um, because that's what the NBA wants. They want you to build with your draft. And if Milwaukee can do that, then you, you, you have to take a hard look at it because you have had Giannis on essentially a discounted. Oh, yeah. You had 25 a year. Yeah. Heck yeah. Because it was only a four year, hundred million dollar at that point. Yeah. And, and that was a steal. So now if, if you have to let them walk, you've, you've put yourself on the map again right now um, just by having him on your team and, and getting to where you are. So if you can do things the right way and, and accumulate those picks, then, you know, it's a small market team. That's, that's what they're going to have to do. That's what we see with small market teams. They, they have to build from the draft and like Oklahoma city that, They've lost their, <laughs> okay. their guys, but now they've got picks back. You're teasing this too well. I have to go there. I, that, I mean, that's the move, right? That's the move the media wants us to talk about. Golden State's sitting at number two right now in that draft. They've got Andrew Wiggins, who they don't want, I'm sure, long term. That's the team, right? That's the team Milwaukee calls first. They say, we want Wiggins or we want Draymond Green. We want the number two. We want your, number tw- we want your next three first, whatever it's going to be. And you can take Giannis off our hands and sign him to his, to the max contract or, or take a sign and trade off our hands for sure. That's the team, right? Because Giannis is going to say yes to that. <laughs> I mean, he would. He's going to say yes to I, that. And I, that's and that's the move Durant made. That's why I said your Oklahoma City point is, is valid. That, that, well, that is the move Durant made. Here, here's another team, Oklahoma City. Of course. They've got the picks. 
Steven Adams is at the exact same amount as Giannis, yep. 27 and a half in 2020. You could make a straight up Adams for Giannis trade if they wanted to facilitate that. And they could throw in some picks to make that trade happen if they wanted to do that. Now, sure. with an aging Chris Paul, would you want to do that? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're Oklahoma City, you may want to do that because that may put you over the hump. Knowing you have a young SGA, you have Schroeder on your team, yeah. um, and and you just ride Chris Paul to the sunset. And a, and a half dozen picks. Yeah, that right. you could backload with. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no I question. Mean, there's no question. That's a team for anybody right now because of the amount of capital they have to if, burn. So. I mean, if if you're Milwaukee and and you smell blood that. Giannis is going. You got to do any, it. You got to pull the trigger as soon as possible because, you know, if, if you let him walk for nothing, well, let me rephrase that. You, if you let him walk, it's probably going to be a sign and trade and you may not get as much back. Whereas if you facilitate the trade ahead of that, you may be able to put out the feelers and then you're going to have some bidders. Be- because he's on, because he's on the twenty five million dollars right now for the upcoming season, it, the trade is worth more because it's less of a salary right now. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. Uh, going into next season, it would be twenty seven. So the matching would have to be twenty seven. Whereas, uh, you're if right. You're going to yeah. if you're going into the free agency period, then it would be whatever his max value would be, and you would have to match based on that max value. It's going to be upwards of fifty. Am I wrong? Well, would, well with the cap no, drop, maybe lower. If it, if it drops lower, um, for hypothetical purposes, if it, I, I had projected it 125 million cap in 2021, that that's going to be high, but that would be around, um, 37 and a half starting. Okay. So we're talking somewhere between 32 and 37, somewhere in there, probably at that point. Okay. So another 5 million. So that's maybe another player than OKC or Golden State would have to toss in for sure. Wow. But it would make, but it would make a significant difference. Mm -hmm. And if they would do it next season, trade deadline or at the beginning of the season or wherever it might be, um, the 27 and a half is going to facilitate the trade much easier than you would at the latter. Same conversation with Harden. Hmm. Harden is at, uh, let's see. He's got two for 85 left and then he's got a player option at 47 mil. Yeah. I mean, he's in a similar conversation as everyone's going to say, Chris Paul, you know, that, that 42 million, what are you going to do to trade? It's hard to do so. I mean, you could, you're going to have to package quite a few players to make something like that happen if they wanted to go by the wayside from him. But if you move him, where does he belong, are Scott? You, are you moving? Are, are you moving Russell too? Are you just? I don't think you can. Just- no, I don't think you can. I don't think you can move sixty mil like that. Can, but where, where does Harden's game belong? Because I don't think it belongs in a in a structured setting with other with other really great players. Uh, to me, that's what what we've proven over the past four years. That that because he's tried with all different kinds of superstars now. You know what he I has. mean? I mean, there just doesn't seem to be a player, an above average player, who has to get production that can fit with his style. So does he just belong in the middle of the Knicks? Do you just throw him in on the Knicks and say, throw some kids around me and put me on your show? Is it is it an Aaron Rodgers type situation, where 
you know, Green Bay feels like they're afraid to give him superstar skills players because it would downgrade his ability to kind of cowboy up. You know what I mean? And just take over games, yeah. which is clearly what we're going to talk about today a little bit. Um, I, I feel like that's what Harden is. He's such an anomaly uh, of a shooter of, of a, you know, everything, you know, even if his playmaking is unorthodox to some degree. It just doesn't seem to fly and jive with any other superstar that we have in the league right now. So do we just abandon that? Do you just send him to a to a, an empty team and let them fill in the blanks around a hardened system? I, I think you have to at this point. What else is going to work for James Harden? Not that, you know, he hasn't been productive yeah. and they haven't gone, you know, two rounds into the playoff is still nothing to snuff about. But, you know, I, my guess is he's dying to get farther. <laughs> you know, he seems like a pretty competitive dude. He's, you know, I wonder if the coach and he are at odds right now because they're blaming each other at this point. What else can you do? They've, they've both been there that long. It's been Harden's team for eight years. And D'Antoni's system has been really changed three, mm-hmm. four times now because of the players that have come in around him. So my guess is that isn't good blood right now. I, I, I just wonder if 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 he's going to go, it's not going to be the conversation we just had where Giannis has to go and, and find a core that exists that he can drop into and, and be more of a one, a one B guy that, that just doesn't seem like Harden. Harden needs to be the one, the alpha, and it has to go around him. So that's, that's not a good team, right? That's not a good team. That's yeah, Sacramento or that's the Knicks yeah. or it's one of those lower teams. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, the ball has to go through him and he he's got to have it all the time. And we sort of saw that with Westbrook in Oklahoma City, where he had his triple double back to back triple double season averaging. And, you know, but the question is going to be for a team taking on him at what point is that workload going to start to burn him out? And then it does on an annual basis anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know because you're saying he's washed up. We've looked at the, (laughs) no, I'm not saying, no, not at all. I'm not saying he's washed up. It's just the, the season is such a long season. And then you get into the, the, the postseason, and and we've seen it with LeBron. He knows how to play the system. He doesn't need to play all the minutes and have the ball all the time during the regular season because he knows what rules and it's the postseason and the championship. So he, he saves himself for then James, you don't see that he is a baller all regular season and in the postseason until he flames out in the postseason. And when he flames out, it's rock bottom. So I wonder how many GMs say flat out no to a James Harden trade. More than half. Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, because I mean, you really hell of a player, but he just doesn't seem to have a fit. Right. Inside of inside of a roster, right? And you almost need him to if you took him on, like I just said, he flames out in the postseason. So is it a situation where you just need to not play him until December, January, and then say go so that by the time he gets to the postseason, he can uh, he still has juice in the tank? I, I really don't know because they've tried so many different things in Houston, whether it's with Chris Paul, Westbrook, they've, they've gotten rid of their bigs. Um, you know, do you I, have a team in mind? Cause I do now. And it's not, it's not a schlep team. That's the easy, that's the softball answer. You know, Knicks, I, I've got a legitimate yeah, team. Hmm. 
that I think Philly? I think might lose. Whoa, I didn't even think about them. Yeah, they're they're certainly going to be changed there. Uh, that's a good answer from you. I'm I'm in the same conference. Um, it's a team that I think is going to lose a point guard, and the other one will be on an expiring. And they have shown because they kind of are the anomaly of the league that they can embrace these kind of unique superstars, make them their own, and make it work. Toronto, right? Toronto. Oh, interesting. Bring the beard to Toronto. Let him replace Van Fleet on that backcourt. Put him with Lowry, who can handle his own and is and is that alpha dog at times, can take over games when needed, especially in the postseason. We saw that. And let that kind of weird offense run. And then and then if Siakam takes that next step, which they, they absolutely need him to do, then, you know, that they've got that three-man trio going on there. But otherwise, it's a heck of a backcourt to talk about. It's not a terrible idea. You get him out of the Western Conference, which, oh, by the way, you know, you'd have the LeBron effect then because Harden can, can win you 60 games just out of his production alone in the regular season. He can do that. Mm-hmm, at time, right. you know, and, and an Eastern Conference that's lacking, you can that would be enough. You could split. You could split his time, and that'd be enough for an Eastern Conference team to at least make it into the postseason. So that's maybe not a terrible team. That isn't a terrible fit for James Harden, but it's really an interesting thought because. But we have to be careful because there's rules around supermaxes being traded and how many you can have on a team. So Fair. you have to be you have to be careful with what teams go through. I know I said Oklahoma or I said Philadelphia, and they have their uh, maxes there. So um, yeah, but that would be part yeah. of the trade, Scott. That would be part of the trade for sure. <laughs> but, but I'm saying that you have to be careful on where, what teams he would go to because yeah. of those limitations. I mean, to, so th- there's teams that should call just to feel out what it would take to take him yeah. because you never know what it, they may sell low just to, to move him if they feel they need to move on from him. I mean, I'm looking at the list here and I'm seeing, you know, like the Spurs, we mm-hmm. know they've been lacking. Maybe they want to go a different direction. Um, maybe someone like the Detroit Pistons, you know, I, I'm, I'm throwing names out there because these are teams that, you're getting schleppier and schleppier as you speak. <laughs> they are. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about this across all the sports that sometimes teams just need to make a trade to spice things up. Yeah. and make work. The problem is Houston's but, oh, done that every oh, single year. <laughs> well, and they have. But look at Oklahoma City. They decided to move Westbrook and bring yeah. Chris Paul and it's worked out for them. Not that it didn't work out with Chris uh, with Westbrook there and they've sh- they moved everybody else around them, but you know, sometimes a team just has to do something different. So the Chris Paul conversation, Scott is interesting because it's very similar to the one I'm having with Harden, which is, you know, at times I don't think Chris Paul is the ideal team player. I think that's probably not a, not a terrible assumption based on what we've seen over his career. But for some darn reason, the point of his career him getting traded, which certainly fueled, you know, his butt a little bit and then dropping into this team of really talented kids who clearly looked up to him clearly. I mean, there was clearly a respect there that Chris Paul loved and attached to and and played off of the entire season. I mean, that's one of the best seasons he's had in in an illustrious career. And it's all because the chemistry worked immediately. So you're right. You need lightning in a bottle for that trade to work. But Generally speaking, you can just kind of see on paper where a player and his skill set will fit on a team. 
And I guess that's the conversation I'm having is I can't yeah. I can't do that with James Harden. I just can't say what a great fit he'd be in Boston right now if they if they traded Jalen Brown, whatever. I can't see him really anywhere that that makes a ton of sense. You know, and I know this is crazy because the production is ridiculous. He's one of the most productive players in the history of the NBA. But I, I just think you have to think out of the box with James Harden to see if you can make it work. I, I think that's right. Yeah, because... You know, they've sort of given him the keys to everything and just said, go be who you are. But maybe maybe he needs a coach that reins him in a little bit and says, no, you're not going to sort of like Milwaukee has done with Giannis and say, you're you're not playing. 36 minutes or 32 minutes or whatever it might be, you know, rein him in, play the 30 minutes a game. yeah, the problem is they, they kept the that tank. going in the postseason. <laughs> in the postseason, you got to play him 45. <laughs> uh, right. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is he needs a coach that, you know, isn't going to just give him the keys to everything and say the ball is always going through your hand. You got to have more people to that can pick up where he may leave off, especially if he isn't shooting well on a night he could pick up. I know that that's why they brought in Westbrook to sort of compliment him in that manner, but it, it only got them so far again. Yeah, it's not I, fair to say it didn't work because it's such a no, odd season and a small sample size, but it, it sure doesn't look like their, their personalities and their game styles blend very well, even though they, it did in Oklahoma city. Uh, I just think Harden's game has evolved to this, <laughs> This weird yeah, ball right. stopping, you know, we, just a, it's just a, it's just an awkward but really productive game style. And oh, by the way, you're talking about a coach that might be able to rein him in. How about the coach of the year? <laughs> yeah, isn't that yeah, what I'm talking right. about in Toronto? Yep, yep. <laughs> no, and that's what I mean. In Oklahoma City, he he was like six man, you know, coming off the bench, and he went to Houston, and they ran all their analytics, and I mean, he's produced, but may, maybe. Maybe he needs to be reined in a bit just so that people around him can be uh, a little bit more productive and be just a more balanced. Yeah, I think that's uh, right. Right. But that, that Those are the words I'm looking for. More balanced. Right. OK, so by the way, uh, I'm sure you've seen it. D'Antoni is not coming back. Do we, you know that yep. now? I do. Yeah, we should yep. probably say that <laughs> on the air here. Yeah. OK, so the coach right. goes he, and he and his his contract was up. Yeah. And yeah. He, yeah had been given multiple extension offers and he declined every time. He's going, he's going to Oklahoma city, right? You go to Oklahoma city. You have to, Yeah. you go, you go play for Chris Paul. You go coach Chris Paul with those kids again. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're doing. If I'm Dan Tony. Okay. So he's out. So answer me this question because we're talking about how it's a weird fit and they, they obviously got rid of the big man in Capella and they try to go small and it, it's it's not fair to say it didn't work. All right, it got him a decent amount of wins. You know, they had a good stretch there to finish off that regular season. It, good, good, good point there. I saw a tweet. I think it was Bobby Marks today. He said under Daryl Morey, they've never had a losing season. Right, and they've only had to pay the luxury tax twice. Correct. So, and they've been to the postseason all eight Harden years. So right. I, I don't want to sit here and say like I'm you know I'm I'm essing on the on the Houston situation, but that's the point I'm going to right here, Scott, because I, I do think there's been a a roster building error here, or you've got a James Harden error. Correct. So does Daryl Morey go or does James Harden go? If D'Antoni's gone now too, 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's a a hard question for ownership to have to make because I mean you've invested so much in Harden for so long, but More has uh, you know he has, he's a pretty brilliant dude. <laughs> he is. And every time I've heard him speak, he he knows his stuff. Yeah. And the analytics that they're running, they're two steps ahead of other franchises, it seems like. So that, that that's a tough decision. It's uh, easier because, to know, fire the GM. It is. From a public from a public sentiment, it's way easier to do that. And oh, by the way, the way the season started with the China mishap and all that. <laughs> they, right. You know what I mean? They can just throw that under the bus if they had to. So to me, I'm going to lean in that direction because it is the easier option, but obviously you get more for a Harden. You'd get more for your team by trading James Harden right now. Obviously, you'd get a huge pullback from some team out there that's going to pull the trigger on this. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see what a team could get for him. Yeah, he's um, not the youngest chicken in the world. No, he's not. And like I said, with all the miles that he's been putting on and the workload. Sure. But a team, you know, we've said Chris Paul's contract was untradeable and he was traded. Yeah. James Harden at 42, he's going he, to, if tradable. they want to trade him, it's tradable. It's tradable. Anything is tradable at this point. Yeah. You could move him wherever you Especially want. Especially when you can include more more than one, you know, if, if three, four team trades, if you have to get some some dollar for dollar value out of it. You know, the Wizards are always good for three team trades. They love getting involved <laughs> yeah, just, to win, just to get an extra yeah. player here and there. So... I uh no, you're and right. Have, the Chris Paul yeah, trade, they, Scott, they, was the trade that said the NBA can do anything right now. Anything. Right. And because more players are getting these max contracts, you're seeing those higher values to be able to match to these these forty two, forty four million dollar salaries, even if it's having to include one or two other players with um, you know exceptional values. Um so, yeah, I think anything is on the table, especially for some of these teams. Yes, I know I've, I said the, the NBA wants you to build through the draft, and that's what they want you to do. But if, if you're a team that you think you could bring in Harden and he's a missing piece, then a team is definitely going to take a chance because, you know, his window is only so big right now. Free agency starts Thanksgiving-ish? No, uh, no. Well, the draft right now has been pushed back to November 18th. Yeah. Uh, and um, so just after Thanksgiving, be, yeah, probably it, it, it's still to be collectively bargained. It was originally going to be the uh, what the Sunday after the draft. So in, in October. So right now, if that held up, mm. it would be like November 20. So leading up to Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. Leading up to Thanksgiving. All right. That makes but, sense. All right. But again, so that, that there without knowing financial information, teams aren't going to go into free agency. So that could get pushed back even more from things I've read. The season wouldn't start until uh, at least after Christmas day. My guess is it probably would just get kicked into January, but it sounds like the NBA is doing everything that they can to make sure that there's going to be an 82 game schedule and that teams are in market for games, whether there's fans or not. So, um, okay. Yeah. So having said that, 
November 22nd, let's say that's the start of free agency. Is Harden or Giannis traded at that point? One, both, none. If if Milwaukee feels that Giannis is not going to sign that Supermax at all, I think they, they start throwing feelers out there, and it, it could be done. Yeah. Um, I so wouldn't be surprised. You're leaning more Giannis than Harden right now? Yes. I'm going to lean more. Simmons or Embiid? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's... What are, you, what are you hearing? Anything? No, I, I have not heard anything outside of they shouldn't do either. <laughs> really? Uh, I had to pick one... You know, I'm, I'm going to go Embiid. Me too. Because of the reason for he's a lot of talk, but not much action as far as, you know, putting the work in, uh, saying he's ready to go. But then when he's on the court, it seems like he's sort of lackluster here and there. I think the, the big man could go somewhere else and uh, do what you want with Simmons, whether you still want him to play the point or you want to try to shift him to – uh, like a, a power forward, like they were trying in the bubble, uh, and, and then try to bring in another point guard. Uh, but I think if they had to pick one, Embiid is the one to move. Last thought on this, then we move to NFL here. The reports, early reports are saying here that the favorite for Nantoni is Philadelphia. <laughs> so now, having said that. <laughs> Does yeah, Dan, not going to be there. Does D'Antoni want to stay small? And is yeah. he, would he definitely get rid of Embiid? Or does he think what he just went through was a complete disaster and he's looking forward to having a big man again? <laughs> mm. I know. It's kind of fueled yeah. to the fire here, right? Yeah, because when you had mentioned Oklahoma City too, I was thinking, well, then Adams is going to be out. because With all those draft wanna... picks and that team that just over ex- exceeded expectations, you know, how, how do you mm-hmm. not at least consider that? You have to consider that. You do. He, 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 he's had to have had conversations in the background with yeah. teams knowing I'm that. I'm sure Philly's been calling. going to go back. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and th- there's a lot of other teams that have probably been calling too because it seems like every day there's a new coaching opening yeah. at this point. So, um, yeah, he's going to find a job. If it's in Philadelphia, you know, good luck. You probably keep the band together, right? And let D'Antoni try to figure it out for a year, which is just yeah, a disaster. I, I mean, yeah, how I many times can you ram your head into the chalkboard before you somebody tells you to stop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if he goes there, I guess you, you, you keep the band together. You, you see what he can do with it. But I would not be surprised if he gets in there and by the trade deadline, and beads out. That's that's doable. I mean, the good thing is you aren't to make any contractual decisions because everybody's paid and a, a ridiculous sure. amount of money right now. So you're walking into a financially stable situation. That's for darn sure. All right. Super interesting NBA stuff. That's obviously going to ramp up as we push towards the finals here and then into some sort of modified draft slash free agency, which Scott mentioned is being reported right now about mid-November. And then about a month later, possibly maybe six weeks later, a start to the 2020-21 season, which now is looking like a full 82 game season. So 
we'll keep up with that as well. Our initial thoughts were that, that they were going to probably truncate that season, the upcoming regular season, but that does not appear to be the case because money is always the answer. Let's switch to the NFL. It is week one. We've played about 75% of the slate of games so far, Scott. It is Sunday evening, East Coast right now. We've seen enough to know enough, at least <laughs> with uh, what we call overreaction Sunday, of course, the first week. Just a couple of quick things to get to. Obviously, we had a, we had a slew of extensions that le- led up to this week one. Uh, you know, we don't have structural details about many of those yet outside of the Jalen Ramsey contract and some, you know, guaranteed or signing bonus information for the running backs. Just initial thoughts. Did you think, I mean, we obviously had a fun conversation the last time we spoke about if those running backs were going to be traded, what was going to happen. Uh, obviously none of that came to fruition. So Cooks, uh, Delvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, all stay in put for at least two more years with their respective teams. Any issues with the numbers? You shouldn't because spot track projected them pretty much dead on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Now I'll say this. Kamara showed up today and yeah. showed why he was paid. Uh, three touchdowns. I don't know how many yards off the top of my head, but I know I saw the third touchdown here and you know, he, he's showing why he was paid. Eckler, uh, you know, that might be one that <laughs> the Chargers uh, are it going wasn't, to. But it wasn't big money. I mean, it's basically like a like a bridge extension because he was an undrafted free agent. So that one I'm going to give him a pass for, even if they have two other running backs in the house right now who I think are going to take those the large <laughs> share of the carries, which yeah. that's not a bad problem to have. That's not a bad problem no, to have right now. I'm just going with the over overreaction here. Yeah. You know, one game in, you know, fantasy stock going down on him quick. Probably if yeah. everyone's freaking out because he didn't do what everyone was expecting him to do. But, um, you know, McCaffrey, he showed up, cook showed up. Uh, we'll see what Henry does. Yeah. But, but those teams lost part, those teams lost. They did. McCaffrey but, went for one thirty four and two touchdowns and they, they, and they lost Dalvin cook went for, you know, a ton of yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns and they got basically blown out of their own stadium by green Bay. So, so I, and I, obviously, well, obviously small sample size and obviously these teams have, have had their share of winning certainly Minnesota and certainly new Orleans with Kamara. And obviously Derek Henry put Tennessee on, on his back last year, but I, I just don't want to sit here because obviously this is where Twitter is going to immediately like, you know, Thank God they paid Delvin Cook. Thank God they paid Elvin Kamara. I'm happy that the running backs got paid, and I don't think any of them got overpaid. Truly, I don't. I think, you know, not just because our projections said as such, but also because the, the cap is rising. You know, players are getting ridiculously more money than they were ten years ago. The quarterback is at 45 million, so all the positions should be coming up to some degree. And, uh, you know, our projections are not. They do not include intangibles. So they are fair value projections. So that's what these players signed for, the fair market right. value. So you can't really knock the money. But this is just proof that one running back, no matter how dynamic, is not going to swing an offensive, an offensive game plan. It's not. McCaffrey is the most I, dynamic player we have in the league, and that team's not going to win five games. They're just not. It's also what you put around him. I mean, Cook... He Cook got two touchdowns, but Kirk Cousins did not help that team whatsoever today. If he was playing a little bit better, they probably would have had a little bit closer of a chance at, you know, 
competing and being closer in score, yeah. but he, he didn't, ha- he didn't help that team at all. So I, in a way you can't really fault cook on that aspect, but these are teams that need other aspects around them. Kamara is on a team that has all those aspects around him, quarterback, wide receivers. You have tight ends that are catching the ball. You've got a, <laughs> a player who is multifaceted, and overpaid. is running back <laughs> overpaid running back slash tight end slash wide receiver slash quarterback slash everything. I had somebody and comment. I, I, I did a Taysom Hill tweet explaining his compensation. He went from four million to sixteen million guaranteed this year alone. He had a four million dollar tender and since and New Orleans quadrupled it. And the comment I got on Twitter was, well, he's great at special teams. Well, that's not a good comment because I don't know a special teams player in the NFL in NFL history that gets 16 million guaranteed ever, 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 ever. Not even the return players no. back in the day. I mean, it just didn't happen. So uh, look at I'm going to leave that alone because New Orleans has done a lot of things right and they have been but, very, but very, very a, go ahead. I was going to say if you split all the four positions that he plays by 16, it's four million each position. I can't do it. <laughs> that, that's still that's still not good. That's, that's still not a good price for him. That's a that's an RB one. He's not an RB one. Okay. No. Here's what I want to say though, because I'm I'm happy these guys all got paid. I'm looking forward to seeing the details and understanding this. My my guess is many of them are, you know, well out after 2023. These 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 contracts won't be around that long. But the Saints are proof that you can have the team. You can have the quarterback. Now he's he's not the highest paid quarterback. In fact, he's about half half is paid, right? Twenty five million, Drew Brees. So that's that's obviously a uh, an elephant in the room of this conversation. But they've got the quarterback, the veteran quarterback contract. They've got two veteran wide receiver contracts in Manuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. They've got two above average paid tight ends right now. They really do. You know, they don't have cheap young tight ends in that team. They've got veterans. They've got defensive linemen who are paid very well. Now, they do have a young secondary, and they've been sure to kind of roll that over. They've been smart with their secondary finances, but they were right up against that cap, right up against it. This was right down to the week one wire. They had just made their cuts. They were right up against it. They had to do a restructure on on alignment to make it work, but you can no longer say. No team anywhere can, can now say, we couldn't pay our star running back because of X and X and X. Can't do it. Excuse me, because they just made Elvin Kamara fourteen and a half million a year, with all of that around it at the at the deadline, right at the wire. So yes, the, in this regard, the salary cap is a myth. You can move it around as you need to. If you love the player enough, you're gonna get you're gonna get that player locked in. They obviously loved him, and Kam- and Kamara rewarded them week one, as you said, with a huge productive day, getting into the end zone three times. So that's the point I want to take away from the running back side of this is. I don't even need to see the structure of these. I, I kind of know what's coming with all of these contracts. And uh, look, even McCaffrey was only a two-year extension. It's only two for 40. It's what it is. Or two for whatever it's going to be. Three for three for 40 is what it is. It's a three-year $40 million extension when you talk about the guaranteed money. So even the, the most dynamic player in football couldn't get himself locked into a true five, six-year contract. Um, so I'm not worried about the structure. But what I, what, what I want to, to say here is if, if your team punts on a running back, it's not because they didn't want to pay him. It's because they didn't want that specific player to have a veteran contract. That's it. That's it. So if Aaron Jones doesn't get paid in Green Bay, they think they can find a third round pick that or a second round pick that can supplement him. That's it. That's it. Uh, he's yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones. Should, Aaron Jones should get Joe Mixon money. 
Joe Mixon isn't worth twelve million to a lot of teams, but to Cincinnati in that situation with the rookie rookie quarterback, it's okay paying him twelve million. We'll see what we got for two more years. So just think about that when your running back comes up. For instance, Nick Chubb next year. You know, how are they going to distribute this ball right now between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? It's very important to how Nick Chubb's finances, you know, pan out in a year and a half here. It, it really is because if Nick Chubb wants to be paid, you know, like Joe Mixon, like Alvin Kamara. He probably can't stay in Cleveland. He's probably going to have to demand a trade or walk in free agency, maybe maybe have to deal with a franchise tag as well before that happens. But you've got to be able to get yourself out of the current situation to a situation that will pay you before you turn 27. That's the other part of this running back conversation. If you're, a, if you're Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and you're on a first-round contract with the Chiefs, that's four years plus the fifth-year option plus a sixth-year franchise tag. All, co- all cost controlled, even if that franchise tag is a little higher. It's not as high as, you know, Saquon Barkley is going to be in a year. <laughs> I mean, he's going to blow this thing off the, lo- <laughs> off the top again. So um, he's in a bad spot because at the, at the end of that first franchise tag, he's going to be 27 years old, maybe even closer to 28. You're, you're a dinosaur. You're a financial dinosaur as a running back at that point. So, he, you know, he, he better either continue to produce for the Chiefs and hope they extend him in three years, which not looking good based on what they've done the past two off seasons, or we're going to have to start seeing these players demand trades. Just demand, put me on a team that can pay me. Do it now. I don't have the time that some of these other positions have to kind of recoup my money when I'm 28, 29, 30 years old. So just something to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm happy these yeah, guys got, point. I'm happy these guys got paid. Kamara is proof that anyone can get paid if you are worth it to that team. And uh, if they, if your running back doesn't get paid, if you're Chris Carson and Seattle walks in you, you're, you're still a good running back. You are just not a good enough veteran contract running back for that team right now. So much of it depends on how that team is, is built at the very moment of the contract. So, uh, you know, don't get scared. Todd Gurley could completely re- re- renovate his career. He had a nice little day today. If he puts together six, yeah, seven did. weeks of that, they're going to extend him in Atlanta. They're going to give him a contract. It's not going to be upwards of what the Rams did, but there's a chance for these for these guys to really go and make it happen again. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, it's going to be one big payday if the if the timing is right. So good for these guys. All right. I'm going to I'm going to throw this on to you. Did you watch any of the 49ers Arizona game? Uh, a little bit here and there. I uh, had it running on a iPad while I was, had the Tampa Bay Saints game on. OK, so including the week one pay. He got a per game roster bonus. He got his, his base salary check today. Jimmy Garoppolo has made $63 million from the 49ers since they acquired him from New England. Let me ask you this. Is that enough? <laughs> should no. they be done paying Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, he, they should be done. They, they need to move on. It's not good, <laughs> right? It's not. They are not even game planning for a passing game. Now, I understand the wide receivers are banged up. The number one, the number two are out right now in Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. But, you know, they also didn't go and address of bring in a veteran wide receiver. In fact, they let Emmanuel Sanders walk. So it was pretty clear to anybody paying attention to this thing that the ball was not going to run through Jimmy Garoppolo's hands this year. Right. No. I mean, they uh, they bumped up Raheem Mostert's pay a little bit to make him happy. They, they kept Mostert, Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon on this roster, something you would not see many teams do. It's very obvious what's going to happen here. Um, and oh, by the way, one of Garoppolo's terrible passes may have knocked George Kittle out for a substantial amount of time because <laughs> it was about four yeah. feet over his head and uh, sent him to the locker room injured. I have not seen an update on that yet, but that didn't look pretty 
initially speaking. So look, I, I don't want to bag the guy too much. He's a, uh, you know, his contract has been a, a sore spot for a lot of people out there for a long time, but let's just put it where, where it belongs. I don't think they're going to do anything drastic this year, although they do have a, a couple of backups on that team they like in, in Beathard and Mullins. So, you know, I guess it could come to a point where the Garoppolo just flat out gets benched, but as of right now, there, there's not a chance he's back in 2021. Knowing what we saw at the end of last year and now obviously a, a week one overreaction, which is the point of this conversation, but they can save $24 million of cap space just by moving on next year. So in, in, in a year where the cap is going to drop and if he doesn't, you know, absolutely turn this thing up all the way to finish out 2020 here, he's going to be a cap casualty. And whether that's a trade or a, or a release, who knows, but not good news for Jimmy Garoppolo. If, you, if you're a lover of Jimmy Garoppolo and you've been uh, defending him apologetically, this was not a good week one for you. What about Trubisky? How about those bears, huh? How <laughs> yeah. about those bears? Should have lost, by the way. I don't know if you saw the end of that game. They had this uh, thing. They did not. So they, they, they made an incredible comeback in the second half. They, they push ahead, but then Stafford goes right down the field. He's got about a first and goal from the whatever. No, it was actually first. It, it was about 20, 18 to 20 yards out. He throws an out pass to DeAndre Swift, the rookie, who is wide open on the left corner of the end zone, drops the ball. Mm. Incomplete pass after that, game over. Detroit should win mm. that game. So the Bears love we're giving here is somewhat, <laughs> somewhat not deserved because they should have lost that game. But Trubisky looked pretty darn good. And we're overreacting here. So look, at he already won the job over Nick Foles, which had to be difficult. Nick Foles had a lot going for him. What they gave up to get him in, what they what they're going to pay him on a guaranteed rate, $21 million guaranteed over the next three seasons, and the relationship that Foles has with the offensive staff there. So, uh, you know, that wasn't an easy win for Trubisky, but it certainly did the job. He, he won the job out of camp. So w- what do we make of Trubisky now? He's... Is this a situation? This is. I'll give you my take. This feels Blake Bortlesy. This feels like <laughs> that year that Bortles was supposed to be thrown to the curb, and he took him into the playoffs. Jacksonville, that is, took him into the playoffs. And then, what do you do with him now? Well, they gave him an eighteen million dollar three year extension with two years of that fully guaranteed, fifty four million, right? So, and they hated it. They hated it in about three weeks. Are they going to get trapped into that or having? punted on the fifth year option is, is Trubisky eyeing up a franchise tag in 2021. <laughs> we're, remember we're overreacting. <laughs> we are. Um, no, I, I think he will flame out <laughs> regress towards his average, which is low and they'll, they'll see eventually by the end of the season that they just need to cut ties and, move on. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So then it'll be full job. Next this is year? a one. Yeah, this is a one, one week snapshot. I, I, I feel in the long run, uh, the, the, they'll see what they have already seen and they're, they're going to want to go a different route. What it may be fools. I mean, it may be somebody else. Yeah. I don't he, know who's going to start next year, but it, 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 I, if, if he, if Trubisky does what he does, he won't be there next year. That's my guess. Yeah, I think on a 16-game uh, platform, he's going to round back down to average, which is basically what he is, just an average quarterback. 
you know, hopefully we're pleasantly surprised and Chicago is competing in that division, but uh, didn't see too much today that lends itself to that. He had a nice game, but it was, certainly wasn't a, you know, take the top off kind of game. Here's the problem. That Khalil Mack contract you had, <laughs> right? That huge trade you made with the Raiders that turned into a $23.5 million contract. From a guaranteed standpoint, 2021 is the last really stable year in that contract. Now, you've got three more years. The, th- the thing runs through 2024, but, you know, Mack's going to be 30 after 2020, He's going to start to get restless. If this Bears team is terrible again, what in the world do you do with that? Because that's the elephant in the room in Chicago right now. I mean, the quarterback money is not really much. I mean, like I said, you're guaranteeing 21 on fulls. You can walk away from that at any point in time. There's way higher dead cap hits than that out there right now. So, you know, you can walk on Trubisky and on fulls next year and then, you know, pay Allen Robinson, bring in a rookie. I'm worried that all that money they sunk into the defense, and it's a lot. They've got Eddie Gold. They've got a couple of big contracts over there that they've continued to kind of pile onto to stabilize this team a little bit. You, you know, you don't want to be eight and eight for five years, <laughs> having paid hundreds of millions of cash out to do it, which is what they've been they've been doing defensively now. So, I uh, I think they're in a little bit of a what the heck are we situation right now in Chicago? And it's obviously an important year for Trubisky, but if the wheels start to fall off, you either fix it on the fly with a quarterback, go and get somebody who's out there, right? Maybe Taysom Hill. He's, he's, he's obviously worth more than we think he is. So, you know, go and trade for Taysom Hill or James, James Winston off the New Orleans team. So you try to fix it on the fly or you start selling off these pieces. So Chicago is a very interesting team to watch and certainly we're reacting to week one win here. But like I said, you don't want to be stuck in the middle at all with, with these big contracts. If you're an average team, you know, mm-hmm. and it's because of your average quarterback, go down or go up in, in terms of how you can fix that because you're paying too much cash out to just kind of sit in the middle. What else? What rookie stuck out for you so far today? Mm. Uh, there was one. I'm trying to think. Burrow, Burrow was, was good. Uh, DeAndre Swift had yeah, some moments. He, Burrow was he, good. I mean, the obvious yeah, answer is Clyde Edwards Hilaire, <laughs> yeah, he who had a monster Thursday night. Um, you know, I think the Washington football team is not a rookie. There you go. Haskins, There's I mean, an upset. They, they, they showed they can move the ball yeah. in the past. I mean, it, they, they couldn't get over 10 points and the, it was miserable. So it, the fact that they were able to put 27 points on the board and Haskins was able to move the ball and seemed – uh, pretty poised there. I mean, they, you can see that they've got running backs. I mean, Barber had two rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. that I saw. So th- that's a team that, I mean, most probably picked the Eagles to win that game. And so you got the Washington uh, football team there at 1-0. Yeah, and if you had the we'll, – We'll see. If you had the Vegas Raiders, the Washington football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Chicago Bears <laughs> in a parlay – you are eating well tonight because yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's very many who saw that one coming. Those are four really interesting wins. Jacksonville being the biggest, I think, right? Who's the worst team in football? It's Carolina now, right? I, I, would, I would imagine that's the that's the, the favorite in the clubhouse now for uh, for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah Minshew, he, he was slinging that ball. Min- and, uh, Minshew's going to eat this year. He's going to play some ball. He knows that offense now. He's got some wide receivers that can catch. Uh, yeah, they're not going to skip it too much of a beat losing Fournette. That's for darn sure on that side of the ball. So, you know, they're going to be down a lot this year. 
but he's a competent quarterback and they've got an offense that ha- that seems to be clicking. So interesting team for sure. And you're right. Washington looked good. They looked way more competent than they did any at any point in time last year. So clearly something has clicked for Haskins, at least to uh, another level. I'm not sure it's, you know, consistently winning yet, but it's certainly something to watch. All right. Well, and then you got um, the other one that I thought of was with the Ravens, Dobbins. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he had two touchdowns and, you know, that that Ravens team is going to give the Chiefs a run for their money in the AFC here like we, we've talked about. But yeah, they battered um, that Cleveland team pretty good. And that's a loaded Cleveland team. Yeah, they yeah, did. Baltimore's going to be scary. The, the, the other team, I, I'll say it because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. The Seahawks look like they're firing on all cylinders right now. So, yeah, our picks look good, right? I, I took uh, the Saints and the Steelers are still TBD. And you took mm-hmm. Seattle and KC, right? Seattle, Baltimore? Seattle, Baltimore. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> that's a good start yeah. for you. My goodness. All right, good stuff. Uh, keep up the, the NBA side of it. That will be obviously updating soon as we hear more things about what the salary cap for next year is going to be. And like you said, they're going to continue to uh, formalize some sort of protocol for the 2021 season in terms of when it's all going to get started, how long it's going to be all that fun stuff. Baseball's getting there. We're getting there. It's going to make it to a postseason. We'll see if they, they turn into a bubble effect. That's all uh, still TBD as well. What else, Scott? NHL's pretty much there, right? Semifinals right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, they had some games today. I think I saw what Dallas Dallas won and uh I don't know if the other Islanders? game played or not. Yeah, Islanders, yeah. Islanders. Oh yeah, Tampa Bay won. Yep. 4-1. Yeah. I think it was. But. I'm not sure if anybody listening watches the NHL, but it's out there right now. <laughs> all right. I mean, hey, I mean you message you messaged me yesterday with a slew of sports all over the place and every channel I changed sports. to, there was a live sporting every- event. There is there is so yeah. much, and I, and I said to you, it's going to be interesting to see what the ratings are with all, everyone. Yeah, how it's there. shared, right? It, because you can only watch so many things at one time, even if you can split screen or have, unless you have seventeen televisions in your house. I mean, I have multiple iPads and laptops and TV. And I, I can only watch so much at one time as it is, but I mean you've you've got soccer going on you've got baseball football college football yep uh, you got racing you've got golf you've, i mean you name it everything is running right now so i i think it's going to be super interesting to see the ratings because it, it's probably going to be watered down to an extent because people have to pick and choose what they want to watch right now and on top of it you have the u.s open going on so <laughs> yeah Good stuff. Lots of stuff. All right. Keep up with it. Fun half of the first week. We'll keep up with it. Obviously, the Dallas game happening right now as we speak. We will speak to that a little bit as well. And the Monday Night Games tomorrow as well. We'll probably do a couple more shows this week. It's been, like you said, a sports loaded week and a half here that we've got to catch up on. Plenty of numbers coming in as well. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off. My thanks to Hit Parade. Get yourself a Mr. Memorabilia box. Find one of these superstar NFL autographs. You can get really <laughs> just stuff you can't even imagine is out there. So there's so much of this stuff is like these limited edition, you know, pre-graded cards, autographed helmets, autographed jerseys. Visit dacardworld.com. Check out all of the hip parade lines there. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast.